Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. episode, I have the privilege of actually being interviewed by a colleague of mine, Debbie Weidel, um, as we're talking about all of the, the many questions that women in their 30s to 40s have about hormones and migraines. So we are going to be talking about what you can do to help increase low serotonin before your cycle, what effects antidepressants have um, on serotonin levels and are they beneficial, how we can support the liver, um, and many, many more questions that Debbie and her, um, her group of women were interviewing me on today. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode and get so much out of our time today. Thank you so much for listening. Andrea is going to share her expertise on how one of the main stress hormones can wreak havoc on your monthly cycle and menopause and what you can do to avoid the monthly migraine. Plus, she's going to share the best way to know if your hormones are causing migraines or other symptoms. I know that's why you ladies are here. I know you've been waiting for this. Um, So just so you know a little bit about Andrea before we get started, she is a bachelor's prepared nurse with over 15 years of clinical experience, both in hospital, nursing education, and working with women all over the world to balance their hormones. Her experience with hormones crashing after her daughter was born and not getting the help she needed led her to create an international program for women who want to get rid of their painful periods, mood swings, and irritability naturally. Who here doesn't want to do that? (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a perfect plan to me. So again, hello, everyone. And Andrea, thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my, my privilege. And, you know, honestly, migraines is something I don't talk about enough in my community. And so I love that I get to really focus in with you ladies because it is, it is a very prominent um, symptom of hormone imbalance, but I'm going to be sharing a little bit of from that that about that from a different perspective. So more of that holistic picture that it's not just hormones; it's also these other things. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, and ladies, please remember that we want to make this as interactive as possible. If you have questions, please post them in the chat. If it is a question that you think is pretty individual, then save that and reach out to me later or reach out to Andrea. We've just dropped her contact information in there for you, and we'll make sure that we do that at the end as well. Um, So if we don't get to a question today, please know that someone will get back to you on that question. Or don't forget next Thursday, which is the 17th of November at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, During our migraine strategy call, we will be going over any questions that have been submitted to us through email, through text, or any other place where there were questions submitted that we weren't able to get answers to on the summit. We will ensure you get all the answers. So hang in there with us. (laughs) Hang in there. So let's jump right in. Should we jump right in? We have so much to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. So how does stress wreak havoc on our monthly cycle and menopause, you know, and knowing that it does, because we know that it does, right. what can women do to actually feel their best through all of those stages of life? Absolutely. So I feel like this is such a loaded question because it's there's like 15 different layers in there. So if I get off, you know, if I get off track, just pull me back in. But um, really, I wanted to focus on cortisol because I think the majority of women, at least, you know, in their 30s and older, have a fairly like that's not a super new concept to mm -hmm. them that cortisol is a thing that, you know, it's a stress hormone. Um, but I wanted to focus on specifically why it impacts our mood um, and how it impacts um, migraines, because when we can understand um, that aspect of things, we can actually address the issues of why it's happening in the first place. So, um, so if you see me looking down at my notes, it's because I want to make sure that I get all of the good juicy nuggets for you guys today. Um, but the research shows that cortisol, so cortisol is produced from your adrenal glands. It's an essential hormone, um, and it's converted to a steroid hormone that we actually need to regulate estrogen, um, regulate our progesterone. Um, it helps us to, it actually gives us a boost of energy to get through our day and deal with stressors. Now, the problem is, is that most of us are having like this constant drip of stress, right? So we get an email notification and we have a little spike in cortisol. We have low blood sugar because we didn't eat very well in the morning and that spikes our cortisol. We have kid issues. We have business issues. We have, it's just a constant thing. And our body can't actually tell the difference between that little constant drip of stress and being chased by a lion. Your, your adrenal glands don't know the difference. They don't get to filter that information through some kind of, you know, AI device and say, well, she's not really in, you know, she's and not the, really scared. Exactly. Yeah. And let's think about that for a quick second. Somebody said this to me once and it really, really struck me. Think about watching TV, watching some of your favorite shows. What kind of shows are out now? Cop shows, mystery shows, horror All shows. Stress. Every <laughs> single time we watch those, we're watching for relaxation, right? Because we want right. to chill. We want to sit in front of Netflix. We want to relax. But really, what are we doing? We're right. not really chilling ourselves out, are we? We're no. doing the opposite. Right. Well, exactly. And being mindful that at different phases of your cycle, you might be more sensitive to those things, mm -hmm. depending on the, you know, the stress load that you're carrying. I mean, there have been times where I've told my husband like, hey, I can't watch that show tonight. Like mm -hmm. I'm already, you know, I'm not going to sleep well. And that's going to lead to a whole slew of other issues. And so really being mindful of, you know, how is my body managing my cortisol? And am I even aware that that's a trigger? So I was actually diving into the research on this a little bit, because again, it's been a while since I've targeted migraines specifically. Um, but cortisol, um, what they're finding in the research is that it has a negative effect on migraines because it depletes serotonin. And serotonin in low levels actually causes a, it causes a dilation of your blood, your blood vessels. So low serotonin, your blood vessels begin to dilate. And what happens, there are actual nerves, there are nerves around your blood vessels. And so when those blood vessels dilate, it triggers your nervous system. Um, and for women specifically who are already prone 
to migraines. It's just going to be that instant, like low serotonin. Um, so low cortisol, low, low serotonin increase in that vasodilation that actually triggers the pain response. And so that's a four-step process, yeah. right? It's not just you know, a shift in cortisol, it's the depletion of serotonin. And so, um, I'm going to actually share with you really quickly, um, kind of while we're on this, because I think it helps to identify, can you guys see this? Okay. I can. How about everybody give me a one in chat if we can see that. So we know that it's up on the screen. Okay. Perfect. Looks like you're good to go. Okay. So this is a very generalized, um, chart of your menstrual cycle. And I'm not going to dive into the different phases specifically, but I want you to pay attention to these peaks and valleys because with these, this is, you know, your estrogen in the pink, your progesterone in the orange, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on testosterone because, uh, when in regards to migraines, it's not a huge key player. Um, but typically what we see in these shifts, these big peaks and valleys of estrogen and progesterone is where migraines are triggered. Um, and part of that is because um, we have these neuro um, neurotransmitters that are reacting in response to the change in those hormones. So we know that we need serotonin to create progesterone. If you didn't, if you didn't know that, like that's good information for you to have. Um, so that if you're going to a physician or you're working with a provider and you're telling them, I have low mood before my period, I get migraines before my period, that is a key indicator that it's a low serotonin and a low progesterone problem. And so we can't just give migraine medication when the issue is not the pain. Does that make sense? The issue is the hormones, the cortisol, and the shifts in those hormones that for some women were just a little bit more sensitive to those. I mean, see how quickly that's over a one, you know, a one and a half day period of time. That's that you huge change. Yeah. Yes. And so one of the best ways that you can tell if your, more, your migraines are hormonally based um, is actually by tracking, tracking your period with a simple, like the flow app, um, a simple calendar where you're just marking, you know, mm -hmm. marking on the calendar. Um, and you'll be able to pretty quickly identify within at least one to two cycles. Um, if you're seeing that around, you know, day 14 to 17, that is due to the shift in estrogen and progesterone. Does that make sense to everybody? Absolutely. And this is definitely something that we work on with our clients when we work privately. You know, we have very special tracking forms that we use. And I know there's Good. a love -hate relationship out there. Right. <laughs> there's always a love-hate relationship yes. with tracking. But yeah. when we look at tracking, we try to remember that it's not tracking for life. Right. Yes. There are certain things that we need to track, like you mentioned. You typically need more than a month, right? You're tracking for yeah. two months usually, maybe sometimes three, so we can see right. a pattern there. But three months out of 30 years of migraines probably not a bad idea to do a little tracking to get some information, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yep. For those of you who are not tracking, consider, consider doing that. And also keep in mind, you don't have to track everything at once, right? So if you're going to track your monthly cycle, maybe you can back off, you know, on tracking every single bit of food and exercise and water right. and all that, right? Choose what's the most important to you at the moment, focus on that. And then let's make, then you can move on to the next thing, because I think that overwhelm also comes in on this. I'm sure, Andrew, you can agree when you, it's like a double-edged sword, right? You're trying to 
fix things by tracking, but then the tracking stresses you out. Right. So then the stress starts right. causing problems. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do we do now? Totally. And that's a big, that's one of the biggest things that I am sure that you work with your women on. I know for me, it's like we're progress over perfection. If you can catch, you know, seven out of 21 days, that's still more data for me than zero. Yeah. Like, and still more data for you than zero. So, um, so it is good information. And I know, I know most of my clients, it's getting over that hump of learning how to track and what to track and just making it a simple daily practice that can really save you a lot of pain in the future. So, um, but yes, paying attention to that, that stress response that we have sometimes with new tasks for sure. Absolutely. Can I ask a favor? Do you mind popping that back up on the screen for one quick second? Mm -hmm. And then for those of you, do you mind if they take a screenshot of it? Oh no. Yeah. It's, it's Google's not mine. So there you go, ladies, go for it. If you, uh, yeah. If you don't know how to do it, if you're on a Mac, it's command shift four or command shift three. (laughs) If you're on a regular computer, I have no idea (laughs) because I'm a Mac girl. So I will take one right now. Not that I can't get this from Andrea, but there we go. I have it. So if we need it, we're all set. Thank you, Andrea. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, So we do have a quick question here. We don't, maybe Mm -hmm. we can hit that and then we'll go back to what we were chatting about. So what can you do to help increase low serotonin? If you don't mind answering that. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to get into. So there there are three main root causes. So if you think about migraines, you know, and I'm I'm hoping that this is in line with what you share with them. So if this contradicts with you, you, you know, you can feel free to, to bat it out. Um, but there are really are three main root causes to migraines. And we see, and I would say this is true for all hormone imbalances, but specifically when we're looking at women who have migraines, um, they typically also have breast tenderness before their period, um, heavy cramping, sometimes prolonged bleeding. And really what that, you know, when we're looking at migraines in the context of hormones, um, when we see that symptom profile, it's actually letting us know that the body's not metabolizing estrogen appropriately. So estrogen is one of those big, big migraine triggers. And so again, it's not the estrogen that's the problem though. It's why is the body not clearing it out? Mm -hmm. Um, So for you, you know, I know that you're looking at all of the different facets of migraines for women. And so when somebody is like, you know, every month, the week before my period, I have X, Y, and Z symptoms. We want to make sure that the liver is actually clearing out the estrogen appropriately. And this matters because if we don't lower the estrogen first to like a nice, healthy, balanced level, progesterone is going to be bumping up against a ceiling because they are seesaw hormones and they work in communication with each other, which is why treating one like we're just going to give you, we're just going to give you progesterone therapy typically doesn't work long-term for most women um, because they are, they're always communicating with each other. So we got to clear out the estrogen so that we can bring the progesterone up because progesterone helps to convert to serotonin. So do you see how, again, that's like four, it's a four-step process and we're just treating it from the wrong angle. So Ways that you can help increase that low serotonin, especially if you notice that you have migraines and low mood before your period is actually making sure that you're supporting the liver 
and then supporting the gut because those the your neurotransmitters about 70 to 80 percent of them are actually made in your digestive tract so we have to make sure that we're addressing again you know those root issues absolutely and i just want to repeat that for everyone because yesterday and we will talk about it again uh, i believe tomorrow in the summit gut health Yes. 70 to everything percent of those neurotransmitters being created in your gut. If you have a gut, then I'm not saying it has to be like hundred percent dysfunctional. I'm saying right. if you have a gut that has some dysfunction for every bit of dysfunction that there is, that's less and less of those neurotransmitters that are being. Exactly. So for those of you, do me a favor and let me know here if you are feeling gut health symptoms. Cause remember we talked about yesterday, if you're noticing your gut, then there's an issue. Your gut should be working without you even thinking about it. You shouldn't even think about it. So if you're having gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, nausea, um, you know, and those are just the ones that are actually the, you can tell with the gut, but there's so many more, right, Andrea, like, you know, brain oh, yeah. and thinning hair and uh, dry skin and all those. Insomnia things. even. Exactly. Insomnia, migraines, anxiety, all of those would be gut related. Looks like we have a bunch of people that uh yes, I see a lot of yesterday's, yesterday's uh yesterday's right? talk. So awesome. Um, perfect. So hopefully that answered your question. It was Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Perfect. I didn't mean to cut you off, Andrew, there. Do we cover no. on that? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. So um let's see, where are we at here? What do we want to chat about now? I feel like I lost track with our, our um questions. No, 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 no. you're so, totally fine. So how do we actually like manage, right? So when we, you know, how do we manage stress at a physical level? Mm -hmm. We know, okay, we just talked about gut health. You know, we talked about our hormones. We've got so much going on. How do we actually do all this when the world is so stressful? We talked about how crazy the world is right now. What do we do? Right. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, this is a challenge in a lot of, in new ways, I think for a lot of us, because we're experiencing a lot more external stress that is out of our control. Now, a lot of us have experienced external stress that's somewhat in our control, right? Like we can, you know, we can change jobs if our job is really stressful or things like that. But now we have a lot more of like a global impact um, that it, that people are experiencing in a different way. And so um, the number one thing that I tell people is we have to change our locus of control. So a locus of control is what we're focusing on um, that can increase that impact of stress. And so what that means is if I spend my whole day focusing on what's going on in politics, what my government is or is not doing, how the people around me are responding to what they are or are not doing, which Facebook is kind of notorious for that, right? It can be a great place or a not so great place. Um, I'm going to feel an extraordinary amount of stress because my brain is focusing on those things. So the first thing is, you know, pay attention to what you're focusing on. Um, I am very intentional. I guard my mind um, probably more now than I ever have. Like what I'm watching, um, what, you know, stories, what Facebook groups I'm in, all of that stuff. And so you have to kind of learn to check yourself. Meaning um, I think a lot of us as women, we're really good at just managing, you know, and surviving and patching holes on things. We're not as good as like, I'm going to train myself to do a body check right now. How and where am I feeling that stress in my body? Okay. I'm feeling like a level 10. That means I need to go back and see what am I thinking about? What am I carrying right now? 
that is adding to that stress load because most of us, we don't even take inventory. We're just like, why am I so snappy all the time? Why am I so stressed out? (laughs) And we're like, oh, well, I've been worried about this and I've been worried about that. And my kid's been struggling with this. And do you understand what I'm saying? Like, does this make sense? And so I actually have my clients, we reverse engineer the problem where it's like, okay, this is the manifestation. So let's do some inventory. Like let's rate these primary areas of your life and figure out now, okay, well, you know, this, this, and this is happening. What can we do? What is within your power? Well, what's within my power is what I'm watching and what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So if we cut out half of that stuff, our stress would go down significantly. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the things like feeding your body. So meaning, you know, I know that when I am not eating enough protein, Um, I tend to go towards more sugar because my body is trying to pull amino acids in different areas. Um, And that leads to stress for me. I tend to have more irritability, more um, lower stress tolerance, that kind of a thing. Um, So regulating your blood sugar is one of the best things that you can do for migraines specifically, but also for your cortisol and your stress response. And so for most women, Um, this might, you guys might be like, ah, I'm so far behind. I know I was, because I thought I was doing really good in the protein department. Most women need somewhere between 90 to 120 milligrams or grams of protein a day. And so most of us are getting closer to like 45, I would say like with a standard. Totally agree. Yeah. And so regulating your blood sugar does a lot of things um, by adding, you know, just adding protein specifically, that's going to help to regulate your cortisol. If you love to have coffee in the morning and that is like your jam, make sure that you are having protein with it um, because it's going to help to regulate your cortisol. Um, Especially if you're having, you know, those kind of uh, if you wake up feeling anxious in the morning or you wake up because you didn't rest very well that night, those are all key indicators that your cortisol is not doing so great. Does that make sense? Did I answer that? Absolutely. I I Everybody give me a one in chat. A little bit, but yeah, no, we appreciate the extra info. Everybody give me a one in chat right now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitely okay. tracking. And I think this is something, Andrea, I'm sure your group is very similar. I actually polled uh, my clients a while back and asked them what type personality they had. Mm-hmm. You know, a, B, and I didn't know there was a C was so cool when I learned about C, which I actually am more of a C because C is like okay. a type A, but then we do everything too. <laughs> you know, okay. like we not yeah. only want to control everything, but we want to do everything. We don't want to, you yeah. know, have it. so anyway, right. yeah. Hold the group. We're pretty much all A's or C's in here, right? So I think, you know, part of the big problem is we, we aren't controlling well our days because we're just yeah. trying to control everything. So we think yes. we have to have our hands in every pot you know, if we're parents, we have to solve everything for our kids. If we have a spouse, we have to help the spouse, you know, do everything and make sure right. we know everything that's going on. We have to watch the news to make sure that, you know, the hurricane's not going to come get us, whatever it is. And we can't yeah. get aside. And then when we don't put it aside, what ends up happening? We're not taking care of ourselves. And then we're starting this right. fight. So everybody let me know in comments right now, what kind of things do you think you're doing on a daily basis? that you just have a hard time letting go of. And you know, you know that they're maybe not serving you well based on the things that Andrea just talked about, you know, constantly watching the news, <laughs> especially this week, yep. right? You know, watching yep. every single day, hours a day to see if right. the person you voted for was elected. And uh, um, 
Oh, everybody got quiet. Everybody's got to think about it now. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Well, it's hard because, you know, I think it confronts something deeper sometimes in mm-hmm. us, like, because we have to then look at why we're doing that thing. And that's a little bit harder to acknowledge, like, why am I, you know, why do I feel like I have to overcompensate for my spouse or, you know, those are just harder conversations. So I get that for sure. Absolutely. And you guys don't have to type it in. You can think about it on your own, but it's really a good question to think about, you know, what is transpiring in your day. And we talked about this a little bit on a coaching call this week about really writing down what you're doing in a day and determining, you know, are these the have to's, the want to's, the think we need Mm. to's, you know, so that you can really treasure your time. And I think this does come with getting a little bit older, you know, in our twenties, we think we have a lifetime to do everything in our forties. starts like you start thinking about it and I'm 53 now. So it's like, I'm thinking about what do I, what do I want to spend this time on? This time is precious. Yes. It hits you different. It absolutely does. Exactly. Managing my spouse, (laughs) Facebook scrolling. Yes. I really Mm -hmm. give myself besides work. I give myself a limit on Facebook. I really don't allow myself to go crazy in there. Yep. Same, same. All right. Before I take a look at the questions, Andrea, what else would you like to share with the group on any topic that we've discussed so far? Is there anything that we've missed before I take a look at these questions? Yeah. Let me just take a look at my notes here and see. Um, And I'll look at the comments too. Yeah. News, watching the news. Yeah, I think. Yep, go ahead. I think the thing that I wanted to I. I think I kind of briefly touched on this, but just kind of hone in on is, um, is understanding that, you know, your menstrual cycle is a manifestation of what's going on in your body. So if your hormones are out of whack, your hormones are just communicating messengers. They're, um, if you think about them, they're like the, it's like you, me calling Debbie, like it's hormones talking to each other all day long and they can't communicate very well with each other. If there's, you know, these big boulders or obstacles in the way. So if we've got gut health issues, if our liver is not metabolizing appropriately, um, due to, you know, dietary or even genetic issues, um, all of those things really do, you know, they really do manifest in your hormones. So really, I want to challenge you guys to look at your hormones as the fifth vital sign. Um, they are another aspect of your health that really shouldn't be ignored or just looked at as managing. Um, we need to look at it more from, okay, what is this telling me about what's going on underneath? Right. And if we have that perspective, it feels a little bit less like we're chasing our tail and more like we're really trying to dig into those, those root causes. So that was really the only other thing that I, um, wanted to touch on was just that, um, that your hormones rely on healthy cell communication. And so our cells are going to go haywire if the rest of, you know, our cortisol is out of whack, our gut brain connection is dysfunctional, our liver is not super happy, you know, we're not super happy. So all of that stuff is going to manifest in in the realm of your hormones. Absolutely. And it's kind of like we talked about with, um, you know, with any symptom, it's really your body's way of telling you, you know, so if you're having a cycle that is rough, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, I think right. it's been normalized. Oh, it's your monthly cycle. Women have PMS. They, you know, they have massive breast tenderness. They have cramps. They mm-hmm. don't feel good. It's normal. You know, can't wait for menopause so you can be done with it, but it shouldn't have to be that way. So if you're feeling right. all of those exactly. symptoms and obviously including the migraines, you know, which is why you're all yeah. here, the migraines coming up to it. 
it's really your body's way of telling you something is off and it's time mm-hmm. for you to do that detective work, which obviously that's why we're here. And people like Andrea are here to help you figure that out so that we can determine where is the dysfunction coming from? You know, exactly. what piece of the puzzle do you need to look at? And in my experience, totally. I've always found that it's kind of a little bit in every area. There's not just like yep. one key area. <laughs> Right. If only we were just talking about that, like, wouldn't it be so nice if, you know, it's that, but it's that magic pill mentality, right. That we've kind of been, um, groomed to believe, right. With pharmaceutical industry is that, you know, I can give you one pill that will solve this problem. And really it's never that simple. And this is coming from, okay, so now at this point, including my preceptorship and stuff, I'm closer to 20 years working in hospital. So I can tell you based on that 20 years of experience that it pills very rarely address the whole picture, right? Sometimes they can help fill a stopgap yep. and manage, right? Until we get yep. to a place where we can deal with those things. Um, but I think we just have to let go of that. Like we have to let go of that idea that there will be a one thing um, yep. that fixes it all. We really just need people like you who can look at all of the facets and say, okay, this is where your next step is. We need to do that next step. That's going to get you to the, you know, the next step after that to get you to your goal. So Exactly. And as we've said on every summit, obviously, please don't go out and stop birth control, stop any medication. Yes. Everything we're talking about today is for educational purposes only. You should yes. consult a doctor before you make any changes yes. to your health in any way, shape or form. There's my disclaimer, but really go. stop to think about what you're taking, why you're taking it. And if it is something you need to take for life, you know, I'm going to yep. repeat this over and over and over again, this whole summit, something like someone who's yep. type 1 diabetic, got to take insulin. If you don't, you die. Someone who has right. migraines, you won't die if you don't take Imitrex. You may be in massive pain, but you don't have right. an Imitrex deficiency. Yep. <laughs> you know, so right. take it. That's a good, yeah, now, that's a good right? Take yeah. it for now, but then let's figure out why. Let's figure out why yeah. we have to take it and work on the things that we need to. You know, when I was, I got my cycle very, very young. I was like, you know, nine and a half, 10 years old. It was insane. But when I got it, it was probably within six months. Um, the doctor wanted to put me on birth control because they were so bad. Yep. You know, Instead of figuring out why, why is this 10 year old child, you know, so early being in pain and then what came right after that was migraines, you know, I didn't realize then they were migraines because we call them headaches then. Um, Right. You know, and I also should preface, I grew up with my father, so I didn't have a female figure really there to (laughs) help you navigate. Yeah, exactly. So it was going to a male doctor and, uh, you know, these are the signals, right? And instead of listening yeah. to that signal, the doctor gave me a medication to cover it up, which maybe for a month or two, maybe I needed that until we figured it out. I'm not saying I did. And I'm saying I didn't because I know where that'll go. <laughs> but right. whatever the case was, it really should have been something that we, you know, took a look at to see what was going on. So that's Absolutely. all we want for you ladies as well, right? Let's get Absolutely. to the root cause. All right, let's hit a couple of these questions quick. So we make sure we honor everyone's time here. Um, how do your hormones affect those of us in menopause and migraines? So yeah. I'm assuming, I just want to make sure the definition of menopause, we're all on the same page. So we are talking someone who's not had a cycle for a year, right? Yes, that is my, yeah, that's how I define 
that's the medical definition of menopause. So perimenopause is typically forties, anywhere between the forties to fifties, where your cycles start to become irregular. Um, they're, you know, they're either closer together or farther apart until they stop altogether. So it's that if you think about perimenopause as the like second puberty, you know, Mm -hmm. puberty is this ascent into, you know, regular cycles. And this is like the descent into menopause. Um, But yes, menopause is that kind of final, we've stopped having periods. And now, you know, there's a shift. So um, yes, I would love to tackle this because it's, um, there's still so much vagueness, I feel like, and and even women who have like, I've gone to the OB, I've done hormone replacement therapy, it's still this lack of understanding, lack of information about really what's happening in our bodies. And so, Um, as you move through menopause and perimenopause, your ovaries stop producing. There's like a slow, again, descent in production or decline in production of estrogen and progesterone through the ovaries. Now, the fascinating thing is that your adrenal glands, which are responsible for producing cortisol, actually take over the production of estrogen and progesterone after like after menopause. So you're still producing some, it's just not coming from your ovaries anymore. So the trouble is that if our adrenals were already in really rough shape, which most of us, you know, because of our stress have, um, are, we're not in great shape by the time we get to menopause. Um, the number one thing that we are looking at, at least for me, when I'm doing like a Dutch hormone panel or something is what is going on with your cortisol patterns, because I'm not as worried about, you know, your estrogen being low or your progesterone being low. We can fix that. Like we can support that with nutrition and make sure that we're not having hormone triggers, that are caused by those two hormones. Um, But what really matters where I see the biggest impact for women in menopause is actually how is your cortisol producing those things now? Is it producing? Is it converting? If it's not, then that's the area that we need to work on. Um, And we can do that through a lot of different ways, adaptogenic herbs, um, looking at lifestyle factors. So how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Are you getting enough protein to manage your cortisol? Like there's a lot of different aspects that we look at. Um, your hormones are just there. The picture of them and the cycle of them looks very different in menopause because they're not really, they're not cycling anymore. It's just the adrenals are like, Hey, we're in charge now. And so they're taking over that kind of producing enough to, feminize you essentially mm-hmm. keep you a woman um yeah. but without the cycle the monthly cycle of a period did that make sense made total sense to me let me know with one okay. in chat if that made sense to everybody i think yeah. that was a great explanation okay perfect great so that explains why my period didn't come till 35th day this month yep um Okay, so if there's any more questions on that, just let me know. Let's see if we can hit one or two more questions here. So hormones are symptoms, not causes, question mark. (laughs) Good question. So the symptoms, so I'm going to kind of flip that. So hormones are communicating messengers. So if we're looking at the, the, you know, the... Oops, Andrea, you're frozen. Uh, I'm going to have you go back because you froze just for a second. So I'll have you start. Can you hear me now? Yep. 
Okay, perfect. So hormones are those communicating messengers, right? Their job is to communicate and make sure that the body's producing the right hormones to, again, communicate with the body. So the symptoms, it, look at it more as the symptoms are giving you information about your root causes. So, and the hormones are the communicator of those symptoms. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, the hormones are going to give us information or your symptoms are going to give us information about what's going on with your hormones. And then those give us information about the root causes. So does that help explain that? It's like the fruit of the tree. The, the symptoms are the fruit of the tree. That's basic, you know, basically how I would describe it. I love it. That's perfect. Perfect. All right. A couple more questions. What effect do antidepressants have since one of their goals is to increase serotonin? So we have a lot of women, as I'm sure, you know, Andrea, in this group that have been put mm -hmm. on so many medications that have been written off script, some yep. for specific reasons, but others written off script because we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall. When it comes to migraines, mm -hmm. we've tried 18 meds. They don't work. So let's go on right. this one. Let's go on that yeah. one. And they obviously right. have consequences and some of these are antidepressants. So Yes. What happens when we're on those? So really good question. So yes, the off-label use of some SSRIs for migraines is a lot more common than you would think. I mean, I think you see it a lot, but um, more than, you know, I don't think a lot of us disclose that information necessarily readily, but it is used for that purpose. So what happens in the brain, you know, the purpose of an SSRI, or I'm just going to use that as like the focus, um, since that is kind of like the first thing they go to if the migraine meds are not working, um, is really to, if you think about these as your little synapses, they're kind of doing this, they wiggle around a lot and they're communicating with each other. Well, SSRIs keep the serotonin circulating in this space. So they're kind of tickling the neurotransmitters, but they're not actually increasing the production of serotonin. So one of the things that I look at, especially if I'm working with somebody who doesn't feel great, like they feel maybe marginally better, like they're having less migraines and less mood issues, but in other areas, they're kind of suffering as a result. Um, what we're looking at is where is the breakdown of, you know, typically it's enzymes that are the issue. Where is the breakdown of enzymes that are basically prohibiting the body from making serotonin? So one of those is the digestive tract. So we're looking at, you know, are they making stomach acid to actually break down their food and get nutrients? Is their gallbladder functioning appropriately? Um, there's a lot of things that we look at to, you know, to basically go upstream and see where's the problem. Um, sometimes there are genetic uh, reasons why we don't make enough serotonin. And again, that goes down to specific enzymes. So, um, but at a basic level, when we're talking about what happens if I take that? So I was on SSRIs for about eight years and might've been longer than that, but somewhere around eight years from my early teens. So much younger than I should have ever been put on them. But again, that was like a different era, right? It was, it was. <laughs> a different time when it's like, <laughs> Hey, just take whatever. And we don't care if there's a black box warning, um, you know, or they didn't disclose that there was a black yeah. box warning, which is also a thing. So, um, you know, there was not really a conversation. It was just get her out of her anxiety. Well, what happens again, because your neurotransmitters and really all of the cells of your body work in biofeedback with each other. So if we're telling the brain through medication to keep the serotonin circulating, 
in those that neurotransmitter space, what it's actually telling the body is to stop producing it. So this is why when we try to go off of something that is, you know, regulating serotonin, we have very negative responses to that unless we're working with somebody that is actively filling in the gaps so that when you come off, you don't feel that withdrawal at all. So I'm so happy you just said that. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to interrupt one second, then yes. I'll let you finish. But I'm Please happy do. you said that because a lot of the women that come into the Women's Migraine Freedom Group, you know, they see that we're trying to help women get to the root cause, get off of medication, and then they stop their meds. And yes, that's not what we are looking for anybody to do because- you need, we are not anti-med in this group. We're just anti-med for life, unless it's something you have to have for life. You know, what we want you to do Mm -hmm. is get your body to the point that it is doing those things. It is filling in, like you said, and then you Mm -hmm. can slowly with the help of your doctor, with consulting your doctor, slowly work on getting off of your medication so that we're not doing something so drastic. Cause let's face it. If you stop taking meds, Mm -hmm. just doing that is going to massively increase the stress in your body. Yep which is really not going to help what we were just trying to do anyway. No. <laughs> no, we have to have, you know, we have to have a process to get to that point. Right. And so like, if, for example, I had, I didn't know this, but like I had an, a deficient, like a genetic enzyme that I don't make, mm. um, that was, you know, which is why I always felt terrible every time I would try to try to go off antidepressants. And then I felt kind of terrible, less terrible when I was on them, but still kind of not myself. Yeah. And so once I figured that out, I was like, oh, I know how to support that enzyme that my body doesn't know how to make. And then I was able to go off of them without any issues. So, but it's being very careful because medications that do alter our uh, physiologic processes are not to be taken lightly. So we want to walk through that with wisdom um, and not just throw the baby out with the bathwater, but really like, yes, the goal is to get you off, but how we do that is going to be very specific to you and what your body can handle and not pushing it over that threshold. That that's at least kind of how I look at it. hundred percent. That is exactly what I want everyone here to hear. It is super important. Um, You know, we know there's an end goal and we know everyone wants to get there yesterday. (laughs) You know, right. not today, yeah. tomorrow. Right. Only. They want it yesterday, but unfortunately, that isn't the way it works. As we know, most things in life right. that are great don't come easy, and right. health is one of those. We have to stop to think: how many years, decades have you not felt good? Yes, you can't get you feeling great in a day, in a week. You know, it can take months, especially when we're talking gut health and you know, really revamping a lot of the things that we're doing. But we can get there. Exactly. We just need to have patience, right? Yes. <laughs> Baby steps, baby, baby steps. Exactly. You good for one more question and then we'll call it a day. Is that okay? Absolutely. Go for it. Let's go with the last one down here. And then again, ladies, we'll make sure we have all these questions and go over everything else later if we miss something. So if migraine mid-cycle is low progesterone, would that also be the cause of migraines just as your cycle is starting day, day, I'm assuming day one or two before? Um, so typically yes, but some of this depends on the whole picture of what we're seeing with your hormones or the pattern, I would say the hormone pattern. So, um, so for example, if I have a woman who has migraines before her cycle, 
and low mood <clears throat> and spotting around ovulation, that's much more likely like a true uh, low progesterone picture versus somebody who has migraines and breast tenderness and heavy long periods. That's typically a high estrogen picture. Um, and so again, there's, there's a sharp drop off of estrogen and progesterone right before your cycle. So it's hard for me to say, and I, I'm not trying to be vague, but like, it's mm -hmm. hard for me to say without knowing the exact, like, profile of what's going on with your hormones to say for sure one way or the other, but those are the two kind of patterns that we typically see for women with migraines. So it's kind of more, what are the other symptoms that go along with it? Um, that would be contributing to those symptoms. Does that make sense? That would tell us what, what could be the first place that we would start. Absolutely. And as Andrea said, we'd love to be able to give each and every person in here the exact scenario for right. them because you are all so different. Unfortunately, sometimes it really takes sitting down, having a conversation, going through evaluations with you, looking at your past health history, determining right. what you're doing on a daily basis. And again, we know that that's not the answer anyone wants to hear, that they just want right. that one thing we can say, go do this. All your hormones will be balanced. All your migraines will be gone. Your gut yep. health will be perfect. But unfortunately, you know, I, I know I've told this to a couple of people and I'll just indulge me for two quick seconds with our story yeah, and then we'll finish up here, but it'd be like going to your doctor's office and putting a hundred people in, you know, the doctor that he takes care of, putting them all in the same room and the doctor going, here's what you need to eat. Here's the medication you need to take. This is how you need to sleep. This is how you need to exercise. Exactly. You yep. can't do that because it's not going to help 90% of the people in that room, right? right? It'd be so easy if we could, and we wouldn't have to wait six months to get a doctor's appointment, right? Because doctors are so you know, busy right now because there's so many right. patients and not enough doctors, but it doesn't work that way. So right. please understand everything we share with you in the summit and in our groups, You know, yeah. all of us, we give you everything we can and then hope that in turn, at some point in time, we can help you dig in deeper and get to the bottom of what's happening. So Absolutely. I know Melissa just dropped in Andrea's contact information again, right at the bottom. Make sure you grab that info. Make sure you jump on her website, get on, um, I think we have Instagram on there um, and your yep. email. So make sure you jump on, ask Andrea any questions that you have in regards to anything we talked Thank about you. today. So as we finish up, Andrea, any last words of wisdom, any last thing you want to tell these amazing yeah. ladies that came to see you today? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for your time. It was an honor to be here. Um, and I would just say, don't ignore. I mean, I feel like we just yell this at the rooftops all the time, but don't <laughs> ignore those symptoms that have been normalized. If they are reducing your ability to enjoy your life and get through your day and fulfill you know, the desires and the calling that you feel like you are, you're called to, there are places that you're called to, then um, then make sure you're not ignoring those things anymore because there is help out there. And I know, you know, Debbie and myself and all of the ladies who've been on the summit so far, um, our heart is just to serve you and make sure that you're getting the information that maybe you're not finding elsewhere. So it's a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. And that just sums it up purposely because obviously this is a labor of love for all of us. Yes. We have all lived what we're trying to help you do, you know, what we're trying to help you solve. Cause we just don't right. want to have to go through it. Um, you know, Andrew and I have had many, many years of feeling like garbage, <laughs> absolute garbage. Yeah. yeah. And we don't now. So no. it's when you, when that transformation happens, it's so hard to sit on it. Right. I mean, I get it on, is. I get on a camera. I'm like, 
you know, it's, it's like I have massive adrenaline because I'm so excited yeah. to share because I know, I you know, know it's going to help people. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So again, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for being here. A uh, quick reminder, we get to see Alicia next. Yay. And for those of you who did watch last night, I know I mentioned that we were a little worried Alicia wasn't going to make it today, um, but Alicia is. The baby's hanging awesome. in there. <laughs> so Alicia's nine Good. months pregnant and she texted me oh. yesterday and I was like, uh-oh. Is it yeah. time? But um, oh, no. it's not. We're all good. Okay. We're all good. Alicia it's not go here. time. No. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Exactly. So hopefully she'll hang in there three more hours. So we'll see you yes. ladies at 4.30. do it, baby. Exactly. Exactly. The, we had a little baby on with Shannon yesterday, but her baby oh. was on with us, which was fun. Yeah. Um, again, so thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. We'll oh, see you in the group. You're welcome. Here's your migraine-free day. Take care, everybody.